Welcome to another edition of the Hopeful Radio Podcast, dedicated to your well-being. She once believed that she was not loved, that nobody cared she even existed. But Teresa Greco, now a best-selling author and life coach, made a decision to love herself and tap into the happiness she says is always inside all of us. In part two of his interview with Teresa Greco, host Stefan Zakowski learns that life here on Earth can be like heaven. Stefan starts off by asking Teresa how he can stop the negative thinking that's in his mind every day. I guess the question is, how does one silence the voice? Recognizing it is one thing, because I'm sure everybody listening right now is saying, yes, nodding their head, yep, oh yeah, I've got that. Every time I try to do something, there's somebody yelling at me in my head saying, it's not the right way to do it. What are you using that for? Why didn't you do this? And you're sort of, you've opened the door, but you, I can't see past the threshold of the door. What is the way, apart from recognizing to turn that voice off. So yeah, awareness is first, being consciously aware that 95% of how we operate is unconscious, is habitual. And that gives us a 5% margin to actually awaken and become conscious of, of what we're actually thinking and doing because we're, we are habitual beings. So our body just automatically goes into that mode in mm-hmm. autopilot mm-hmm. where we just living the same day, day in and day out, just doing the same thing. And so awareness is first to say, okay, you know, is it, do I feel good when I think that about myself? Right. And, or when I say that to myself, how does it make me feel? And our feelings are such a great indicator because first is, is everything starts on the level of thought, then it goes into emotion and then it goes into action and then action creates our results. And then there's just this big cycle. Right. So if we clue into, if even if you just clue into your emotional self, you then have to backtrack and say, okay, I just didn't feel good. Well, what thought that I have that created that emotion afterwards? Right. And Really, even just connecting to that part at every in any moment, which requires us to be mindful all day long, right? So that's a very important uh, practice that we stop, we breathe, and we use our five senses to really take in what's happening to us in any moment, and because and, and asking ourselves, how do I feel? And if you feel good, you're probably on path and on purpose. And if you're not feeling good, you need to think about why is that? Is it because I'm hanging out with some people that after I left their presence, I really felt bad, bad about my life, bad about myself, bad about my workplace, about my colleagues, about lots of different things. And if we don't pay attention, we don't stop and be mindful of what the present moment is trying to show us. Then we just again we just living on life living life on autopilot and it's passing us by and we wonder why we're living a life where we don't feel happy. It's because we're not paying attention to every moment and reflecting, taking a moment to reflect and say, oh, I "Feel really good." Like and then like you know why why are you feeling really good right it's like that it's it's really becoming conscious of of that of your feelings of your thoughts physiologically and saying I need to do more of this. And those are the things that get added to our happiness toolkit that it's like, oh, 
feel really good when I cook. I feel really good when I'm walking my dog, you know, out on this path. I'm feeling really good when I listen to this music. I feel really good when I move my body in this way. And so those are the things it's like, okay, I'm going to add that to my kit because when I have those rough days, because life on earth is like that, that it is going to throw us for a loop because we're stuck in traffic or, or, you know, some coworker had a bad, bad night or whatever. And, and our kids are like little hangry or they're upset or whatever. We're going to have these external things that are going to try to impact us. And so we we need to know what that toolkit is so that we can say, okay, I need to turn to that. And sometimes it's just physical things, right? I need to go to my massage therapist. I need to go to the physio. I need to go to the doctors because like you can physically, you start to feel it, whatever it is, or you're foggy and you're having a hard time concentrating. And so it's like, oh, so it's like really tuning in to yourself so that you can become more aware so that you can start making changes. So back to the rewiring of the brain, because ultimately it is really a lot about mindset and becoming aware of your thoughts, that 5% margin that we have. And then when we when we identify a thought that's not serving us is then replacing it with one that is a positive one. We have to do the immediate replacement. We can't just say, well, it's not nice when I call myself fat. We have to replace that thought with a positive one. And that's where positive affirmations can come in um, helpful and that they are like little mantras that we can say and we can write them on sticky notes that we're constantly reminding ourselves maybe on the washroom mirror or in your car and where we have the opportunity to practice the same thought over and over and over and over and over again that's like well you know there is also this this idea that you need to practice it 200 to 300 times a day I was like wow how am I going to do it two or 300 times a day? Well, do you know how many times you think about the negative things? How many times you think about your problems? Way more than 200 to 300 times in one day are you focusing on your problem. And so, and you're doing that and you're not feeling good and it's making you more upset. It's making you more frustrated because your mind as an organ does this. 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. 80% of them are negative. <laughs> 95% of them are unconscious. Right? So we have lots going against us. Mm. Lots going against us. So in recognizing just all of that as how the brain functions is then, okay, what are the things that I can do to try to rewire? Because we know with the science of neuroplasticity, it is absolutely possible that, you know, there's the saying, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. No, that's wrong. Maybe that was like, we didn't know that, but we we know that that is not true now, that with enough repetition. And so you need to listen to your podcast. You need to read your books. You need to hang out with those, with those positive people. You need to like constantly reinforcing, reinforcing and, and thinking the, the way that you need to be thinking about yourself. They're really the truth about yourself. And then your mind creates these new neural pathways and the negative ones just shrink up and go away. And so it's about making them bigger and deeper, bigger and deeper till then that's the default setting in your brain, just to say, I think I'm amazing. I know I'm incredible. I'm so super smart. Like (laughs) instead of all the negative things you say, you say to yourself, they're all going to be positive things that you say to yourself on the daily. 
Right. And would you also say that potentially a tool that in the initial stages of, of call it redevelopment, um, being aware of and recognizing those triggers within oneself that, you know, you'll be walking along and you smell a campfire and you immediately feel fear. And you're, why am I feeling afraid? What is that? But being aware that, oh, okay, do that introspection piece and say, I remember when I was eight, I went to a cub camp and we sat outside in the dark and we were roasting marshmallows by the campfire and something scary happened. And now as an adult, 50 years later, I smell a campfire and my first initial trigger reaction is fear. And that came from way back there. And now I can talk to myself and say, not all campfires are fearful and not the smell of campfire is actually nice. You enjoyed it. Remember the time you enjoyed the smell of a campfire and that nine times out of 10, 99 times out of a hundred, it's not going to be scary. And so the initial reaction, put the buffer in place and say, sure, I recognize that as a child, I was afraid, but now I'm not. So is that part of a toolkit? that you would apply to different aspects of yourself. You know, I'm, I, that voice that says, oh, you're, you, you're still fat. You're still a little fat. That voice comes from something when you were really young, one of those trigger events, and you recognize it where it is. You went through the process of finding where's that root cause? Where's that coming from? So that you can then say to that thing, that's not me now. That's then, not now. I put the blockade in front of it so that my initial reaction, I know I'm going to have it, because it's wired. And yes, over a period of time, you'll slowly un unbind yourself to that reaction. It'll still happen, but you'll have distanced yourself from having the physical response to it. You'll say, there's that reaction, and I know why. And here's me happy because I don't need to respond to it the way I used to. Is that is that mm -hmm. something that would be also of, of value in a toolkit? Yes. And I'm, so I'm going to elaborate on, on that just in two parts. Number, yes that the external environment is always a mirror for the internal one, which means that the universe is going to fix it in such a way that it is going to push on those thorns. And so those thorns are those situations that happened over the course of our life that are stuck inside of us, right? And so the universe will be like, mm, you have something that needs to come up for healing. And so a situation happens, that thorn gets pushed, and you're like, ow, that didn't feel so good. Well, instead of stuffing it down, hiding it in the closet, pushing it under the rug, distracting yourself, numbing it with substances, which is what we do when we don't like it, when these triggers get pushed because they hurt, they are, be they are being triggered because they need to be healed. And, and one of the ways that that can happen is through forgiveness. Forgiveness is the path to healing that trauma. When we forgive, it heals in on many levels, but definitely on this, on the soul level or spiritual level or energetic level that. So Ho'oponopono is one of those practices that came across my Played. It is an ancient Hawaiian practice. And Tony Robbins actually utilizes this too. He just doesn't label it. It's like, I'm like, oh yeah, that was Ho'oponopono, but he doesn't say it. He just is <laughs> not giving credit there. And so it is a quick uh, four line prayer that you said, because I was like, I reached again, I asked, I'm asking questions of the universe and saying, you know, when we forgive, um, 
number one in the forgiveness process is forgiving ourselves first, and then coming maybe to a place that we can forgive the other person. So whatever the situation um, is being triggered within you, it is an opportunity for you to to lean into it instead of numbing it out or distracting and all of that is to reflect on it and say, what inside of me needs to be healed? What did this person say or do? Because as I said, the external is always a reflection of the internal one. So if people are being mean to you, if people are not appreciating you, people are not loving you, if people are mistreating you, all of that, you need to say, well, how am I doing that to myself? Am I appreciating myself? Am I loving myself the way that I need to? Or am I putting maybe everyone else's needs in front of my own? Am I maybe rude to people? Am I not giving people the time that they that maybe I should because you're feeling that people are so short with you? Am I are you snappy with people? This is the external is just trying to show you about how you're behaving. And if you don't like it, it means you're most likely you're doing that to others. So judgment was one of those areas that I needed to work on that I felt that everyone was always judging me and judging me in the negative all the time. And it was because I was judging myself a lot and very much in the negative. And I felt that every, and that was part of like the whole masks and me living up to external expectations is that it didn't matter how much I did for people, they were always like never happy. It was, it was like, doesn't matter what I do, you're never happy with me. But it was because I wasn't doing what I needed to do for myself first. I wasn't honoring and loving and respecting myself. So how could I expect other people to respect me if I wasn't doing that for myself first? So back to those triggers is that we should be taking a look, taking a step back and saying, what is it within me that needs to be healed? How am I behaving in this way that I need to change and be more in alignment with that, with the love that I really am? And so we can do that, as I said, very much through forgiveness. Um, that Ho'oponopono prayer is four line, uh, lines that you can say in any order. And they go like, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And we you can say that in any order. So I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> so it's just and and so it heals that prayer. Um, heals on an energetic level. That when we do that, we can't see it again. Like this is what we when we started off saying. We can't see it, but it's like. That little kind of spot of shadow inside of you, a spotlight has shined on that, and then it's gone. It's like bringing light into a dark room. It's just gone. And so when we can, instead of hiding from that, we look at the shadow and say, how do I heal this? And our spiritual self is saying, you're already healed. You just have to align yourself with that, with stop believing in all of the sin and the guilt, and the shame, and the regret, and the mistakes, and all of that. We're so stuck in the past, stuck in those beliefs and emotions that, that we carry with us every day, that shame, that guilt for things that, you know, di that didn't work out the way we wanted to, or we weren't our best selves in that moment, and we wish it had been different, and all of that. We bring that into the present moment. 
And again, those triggers happen so that we can forgive ourselves for how we behaved, that in any moment, anyone is always doing the best that they can and for what whatever it is. Maybe the best in that moment wasn't really the best, but in that moment, it was the best. And we can think that about our parents, right? We have lots of healing from how our parents like brought us up that maybe, you know, they weren't the perfect parents. I don't know if anyone ever has those, right? But it's like, how can we forgive them for what they did because of what they knew? That me understanding more about how my, who my parents are as people because of how they were parented mm-hmm. allowed, allows me to understand that the way they parented me was all that they knew. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, I have access to more information that I have parented my children different than how they, you know, in particular, some ways, I, you know, I think they got it off, they got it right, but in some ways, no. And so it's like, how can we, from what the information that I knew, how could I be a better parent? And hopefully that my children will be continue to be better parents to their children one day. And so when we can do that, it's easy to forgive too, to say, well, you know, that's all that they knew wasn't the best, but then trying to find that silver lining, that gift inside of that trauma that let, and amazingly enough, I have, uh, you know, different trauma coaches that I know that went through like extreme trauma, like stuff that would have killed me. And they're like, I wouldn't change any of it. And I'm like, holy cow. Like that's about really finding, you know, the diamond amidst all of that other stuff. Yep. I mean, like you say, with the parenting, I've been through the experience and I know from what you had said, forgive yourself first. And I look at how everything went, you know, and I look at it and I say, yeah, I think I forgive myself first. And then I can look at my parents and say, and I can forgive them for things because I'm not perfect and I can't expect perfection from anyone else if I can't be there. And I'm not saying that as an excuse, I'm saying it as a fact. And therefore I forgive the flaws in myself and then I can forgive the flaws that they presented. And the thing is, I don't really see it as flaws because as the individuals you said, the trauma people that you've spoken about, they have grown through it it has made them who they are today and therefore they would not change anything because if they did they wouldn't be the individuals that they are and the same is true with myself i can speak of ills or i can speak of the fact that i've traveled across the country as a kid uh i got to see the mountains in montana uh, as a kid wearing a cowboy hat because my parents took me there and the experience of standing and looking at a glacier on top of a mountain while it's sunny and I'm in shorts and I'm looking up watching snow blow off the top of the mountain. And that's stuck with me since I was 12. Um, that's an experience that is a positive one. It's sort of, it's one of those moments. And so why would I want to change it? Why would I say, oh, I could have had different parents. Why? Why would I want them different? They gave me that. And that's something I can put a hat on, literally, and say that's a positive. So in the sense that I let myself be okay with myself, I let them be who they were, because if it wasn't for them being who they were, I wouldn't be who I am. So, Yeah. And so just, I think, just to sum up, you know, the point around this is, let's face, let's look at those shadow 
spots inside of us. And the universe, again, will, has brought me ever so gently along where it's like it has come, something has come up for healing. And I'm not afraid of it anymore that I know that my spiritual self loves me in the process. This is another like part of my message is that people are scared to go into the darkness because they're like, it's going to hurt. It's going to bring, but it's like, you don't, that when you do it connected with your spiritual self, it's like somebody is holding your hand and, and supporting you through the whole process where it doesn't hurt as much as you think that it is really like light coming into the dark room and it's gone and it's lifted from you that you feel lighter. It's like that monkey that you've been that carrying on your back is gone. And that, and I look at happiness also like on a scale, okay, that on one side of the scale is your happiness. And on the other side are your burdens. Okay. And so people you ask someone, Oh, are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. But you 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 actually you're, the amount of happiness that you feel is in proportion to the burdens and the baggage and the darkness and the trauma and the shadows that's on the other side that you haven't dealt with. That as soon as you remove something from that side, so, you know, you get triggered, you heal it, you let it go, that now that side goes up and the happiness goes up. So you, your happiness quotient is always directly proportional to the baggage that you're carrying on the other side. So can you be happier? Yeah. If only you dealt with the guck on the other side and you deal with it as it comes up. Because as I said, you won't, you won't have the universe will not trigger 10 things on you. It'll trigger one. And then you heal from that. And then, you know, you feel good. And then bang, something else. It's like, it's never ending. It's never ending that it's like, that's why I say, oh, I've been on my happiness journey for 10 years now, because it's not like you get to a good place and you stay there. No, it's like bang, something else triggers, triggers a little thorn. I'm like, mm, what's this coming up? But I know now that, it, and then, and if you're not sure about what some of those practices are to like lean into your spiritual self, working with a coach can help you to like, to be able to lean on that, as I said, to have that little hand that as you go into the darkness, you're not afraid to do that, because you know that this is a, an opportunity for you to heal, to let it go, and then you can continue to move on. I think the most important thing so far that I mean, you've given me a number of things to think about. And one of the things that I want to put a put a pin in literally is uh, the fact that the triggering events to me, it was like they happen and all you have to do is recognize them and, and you move forward. And what you've said is the trigger events are thorns. Life is poking you. They're going, Oh yeah, I know you got this one here. Poke, poke, poke. And it's not to identify it. It's to identify it as something you need to heal from something you need to not just recognize, but say, I know what this is all about. And I'm going to walk in and deal with it forgive both myself and whatever else was involved in it to then allow me to move forward. And that clears it, so to speak. It's still there in an essence because completely eliminating it is it's a function of removing brain cells. But it's in essence, you've done more than just put a recognizing and a roadblock in front of it. You've recognized it and dealt with it in a way that it needed to be dealt with the very first time it happened. 
but nobody was around back then to help you with it. So it just stayed and it festered and it crawled and became this enormous thing that it actually isn't. I just want to bring one point up that was brought up to me many, many years ago. I'm a psychiatrist friend and I know psychiatry, this isn't what this is about, but what you've said kind of has a component to it of psychiatry in the sense that I was going through something as a young adult in university and the psychiatrist said, draw it. What do you like to do? Do you like to write? Do you like to draw? And they said, draw it. And I said, what do you mean? What you're feeling, draw it. Because once you get it out, once you articulate it in a fashion, either by writing it or by writing a song about it or by drawing a picture of it, it becomes tangible. And when it becomes tangible, you realize it's not what it is. It's not that bad. So I said, oh, okay, I'll draw. And I drew a number of pictures and then I looked at them after. They said, walk away and come back and look at it. Because the thing that's going on in you will always be there until you've actually dealt with it. So drawing it won't get rid of it. But walking away and coming back and looking what you drew will give you an articulated view of something that probably isn't what it is. So the pictures that I drew were horrific. And when I looked at them, I went, what the heck? It's not that. Oh, my word. That is not. It is not that. It, yeah, it's not that bad. It is not that bad. Come on. And I almost felt a sense of lightness when I saw, saw what I had created, that that can't be what's going on inside me. And I felt better about it. I kind of went, okay, I can sort of look at it in a different perspective and kind of say, okay, I'm not as bad. I'm not that, not that horrific. Is part of your toolkit something to that effect to allow you to articulate those things that are going on inside you in a fashion that allows you to make sense of it. Because I'm sure a lot of emotional effects don't have words, don't have a, an easy expression. Oh, I'm feeling this way. I'm. It's like yellow. You know, I mean, it, there has to be something else to stuff that's going on inside you that can't be articulated easily. And does the toolkit give you a methodology of articulating in a way that allows you to kind of go, now it makes sense. Now I can deal with this. Now I can move forward and forgive whatever that is, that mess. And I think what that activity was doing was two things. Number one, it was placing the spotlight on the shadow. And then number two, it was actually allowing you to rewrite the story. And so oftentimes in our head, we have created a whole story around a traumatic event and that we believe it to have been in a particular way. And that when you start probing into it, it the story might actually be different than the one that you've been telling yourself your entire life. And so one of those practices for me was uh, hypnosis that I came across someone, it's like, I'm, as I'm telling you, the universe is like, they just, it just placed the right person. And so it was like, I, I had met him for something else. And then it was like, oh, yeah, and I do, I do hypnosis. And, and oh, what's that about? Oh, well, this is, you know, I help people this and that. And I said, well, I think that I need to do some of that. So we, I had, and, and the thing is, it's like, you don't, this is like, I think now I'm hearing it more and more, Healing does not require that you go into the muck and you stay there for years. That traditional therapy has been like, oh, it's going to take you 5, 10, 15 years to get over that. No, it actually, it doesn't require that we have to sit in the muck. It's just enough for us to put a spotlight on it and then and begin to take steps to heal. And so what hypnosis allowed me to do is rewrite the story that it took me back to a time where essentially um, my body issues started to happen, where I was 
Um, I must have been about four because my sister doesn't uh, remember. But basically, um, through hypnosis, we went to a doctor's visit where, and I had forgotten about this event, and I had a doctor and as a little girl tell me that I was fat. <laughs> <laughs> four and, years old <laughs> uh-huh. and gave me and gave me a miss piggy from the muppets ring oh. to symbolize that and so um and i had forgotten about the event but that was like the first time that somebody said that to me and so um basically through that process we rewrote the story of the how that particular event unfolded and then there were um other ones that we worked through that were you know there is crying there is because you're in the process of letting it go you're opening it up for healing but then when you do it's gone and i came away from those sessions that i didn't believe anyone loved me i didn't believe my parents loved me I didn't believe my siblings loved me. Like this is, I at my low point, I I thought that if I didn't exist, it wouldn't matter to anybody. It's okay. I'll give you a minute. And how many people out there feel like that? That if they were to take their life and if they weren't here, then it wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it's a false, it's a false belief. And and these are the stories that we tell ourselves and we're stuck in that story. And that's why talking to somebody that we trust about it can, can help us to rewrite that. And so through the work that I did with him, I was able to understand that that wasn't true. It's okay, Teresa. It's okay. And that my parents. And so as we started this interview saying there are those hard parts that still bring tears to my eyes yeah. because um, there were things that I needed that I needed to work through and to change. And now I know that that wasn't true, that my parents do love me unconditionally, that I felt they only loved me if I was the good daughter. And I, they only loved me if I did you know, what they said that I needed to do. And if I behaved like the good little girl, there's lots of, of the paradigms that we live under. We're not aware of them, of how we behave, you know, with certain people or in certain situations because of things that were said to us growing up. And it's like, well, you know, I, I, as a little girl, I recognize that they seem to love me more when I behaved like this, when I was very helpful, when I did my chores, when I did, when I got good grades, when I like lots of different things, how we internalize as children, right? And so we, we, that's how we end up just becoming as adults. And so, uh, and sometimes some of these habits, they're not necessarily serving us. But um, so same thing, I didn't think that they loved me unconditionally, but I know that that's not true, that they do. And same thing, like I had to do some healing, some um, spiritual healing with my sisters, with my sister as well. So that was that person was brought along my path. So I think if anything, I just want people to remain open to those practitioners or, um, as I said, podcast, like our interview today, I think that, you know, whoever is going to listen to this, it's going to be, there's going to be a message inside of that, inside of here in our conversation that they needed to hear that is going to 
have that little light or that little trigger that's going to say, hmm, maybe I need to look into this. Maybe I need to like take some steps to um, find a book or a meditation or a prayer or whatever that might be to try to work through whatever that burden is. As I said, that scale, that happiness quotient, that if you do, you will inevitably feel happier and be happier when you remove some of those burdens on that side of the scale. Right. Um, um, You can tell me don't go there or you can say, I don't want to talk anymore about it, but the emotional response that you just had, um, would you say that is not a negative reflection of happiness, that it's a natural, that's your body's reaction to memory. It's your body's reaction to um, the thoughts and all of the things that you have already worked through that will stay there. They're resident. That's part of part of the being that you are and that to remove them would change you in ways that you don't want to be changed, that that emotional response that you had is a natural one and should be maintained because without it, you don't have that that reality component to the words that you're saying. There is emotional response to things that have happened. And that makes the happiness of value as opposed to simply words. I'm happy. No, you see how I feel right now? This is where my happiness comes from, recognizing that that is simply my emotional response to how I used to be and is still in my head, but I recognize it for what it is and I know what my happiness is. It's a reality because this was what I was and this is who I am. Is that is that how you would, instead of trying to eliminate that emotional response that you just had, because that was real. That's I know we spoke spoke about authenticity, being an authentic self. And that to me was an extremely authentic moment for you that you you've spoken how you get emotional, seeing that you get emotional with some of the components of the work that you've gone through gives a level of authenticity to the words that you say. It is true. It is. I can see that you have an internal happiness. I can see the glow. But even when you were emotionally impacted at that moment, there was still almost like a, a, a persona behind you going, I am being emotional, but I'm happy about it. I'm not upset about this. This is just my response. This is a physiological response to those memories, to that experience. Um, thank you for your question. So I'm going to respond to it by saying that happiness is like the sunshine. And we are the sun, that we are that. That then at times the clouds go in front of the sun and we think that maybe the sun isn't there anymore on those gray and black days, but the sun is always there. So our happiness, love and peace is that it is always there. However, situations in our life happen that represents the black clouds that come and they're there, but they're not there forever. Right. We know that eventually after a certain amount of time that the sun will show itself again. Mm -hmm. And so we need to allow ourselves the opportunity to feel these other emotions that our life on earth will allow us to feel that when we, let's say, we'll go back to heaven, although I believe we can live heaven on earth, but we're just going to call it a place where our, our energy goes to once we're no longer in physical form, that we are just love and bliss 
that's all, but it's just amazing. Anyone that's had near-death experiences, which I was very fascinated with for um, a long time, will say that when they go, it's like, oh my God, I don't want to come back because it's just <laughs> so freaking amazing because it's just bliss right but when we when we make the choice to come to earth we know that here we are going to have the opportunity to feel other emotions like sadness right that we we've lost someone we're grieving that it is a period of time that we are going to the situation is allowing us to feel a particular emotion we need to allow ourselves to go into that and to feel it But then to say, okay, that I now need to return to the truth of who I am, those clouds need to now separate and reveal the sunshine that was there the whole time. And so instead of because what other people do, same thing, they they stuff and talk. I don't, I don't have time for this right now. I don't have time to feel sad. I don't have time to feel angry. I don't have time. Or we numb out or we distract. Or we have, you know, all the particular vices and addictions and all of that. We lose ourselves in food. We lose ourselves in alcohol. We lose ourselves in parties and gambling and shopping. Lots of things, right? And it's to say, no, we are not, we are going to feel whatever this particular situation is bringing about, so that we can let it go and then take the steps that we need to to return us back to the happiness that is always there, as I said, within us to feel. We don't, we want, we don't want to unpack our bags and stay in there for months and years because the truth of who we are is not there. Would you like the, the clouds to be blocking the sun for months and years? No, we don't, right? We want eventually those clouds need to need to dissipate so we can get back to the sunshine that is always pl- present behind. Okay. And thank you for that. Thank you for 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 expressing. Uh, what you expressed simply because I know that it's difficult to um, the authenticity of of sadness uh, that you expressed and the authenticity behind how you move back to happiness uh, for me has more value than you know quoting from someone else quoting quoting a book uh, that it was just written from ideas this is feeling and this is what we're talking about and seeing and then you allowing me to be a part of this I feel like I'm participating in something that uh, that is the part of happiness Um, I'm now going to read a quote to you and it's a slight tangent from the conversation in that it talks of a reality that isn't so much happiness and and those troubled things within ourselves, but the sense of spirituality, the sense of our universality. Uh, And it's in a strange perspective, and I want to get your take on it. Um, So I have to look up slightly, so I won't be looking directly at you as I read this, because trying to keep this in memory is not not that easy. Um, As a being of the cosmos, we are not, we are are we not subject to entropy and therefore intrinsic, intrinsically linked to chaos? Is not our true nature one of release of self to chaos, to the eddies and currents of the cosmic river? Is happiness merely that pure sense of bliss experience when letting go absolutely? So I give you that and then would like a perspective on it. Mm-hmm. I think in that quote, it still positions happiness as something that we can occasionally feel when circumstances are lined up 
in a particular way. Okay. So again, we are so outward focused to say, even with like the, uh, you know, the topic that we just talked about is that, okay, well, what should I buy myself to make myself feel better? What should I, you know, where should I go in order to make myself feel better? And right. so instead of understanding that it's not external, that happiness is not based on our external circumstances being in a particular way for, in order for us to be happy, that you know, this idea of, you know, people say this to each other, if only you were different, <laughs> then I'd be happy, right? How many couples might say that to each other? If only you would change, then I'd be happy is if our happiness is dependent on external circumstances being a particular way. Right. And, and the truth is, at really, life on earth is chaotic, and messy, and ugly in a lot of different ways. All we have to do is turn on the news. Mm-hmm. The evening news and the newspapers will tell you about all of the the upsetting things that are happening on the planet all the time. And so it's like, how do you come to your truth? How do you come home to who you really are amidst all of that? And how do you stay in that place and live from that place? And when you can do that, the experiencing life from that is completely different that I it's I I can't even explain it because the more that I go into it the the more beautiful my life becomes and the more beauty I see in the world around me that I didn't see before that the flowers you know these last couple summers have been so vibrant and so beautiful and that nature and the animals that I see was like, oh, yeah, there's a squirrel or there's a bird. <laughs> now I'm like, whoa, what are those squirrels doing? And look at their color and look how they're playing. And look at those birds. They're playing with each other, too. And wow, look how beautiful they are. And oh, look at that nest that is just like on my back. And I'm like, and I saw I had like two different, um, I don't know what to, I don't know what they're called, but like nestings, let's say that they brought right. the babies and the babies flew off. And I watched them that day when they jumped from the nest. And then within a week, there were new eggs in there. And then I had like another opportunity to see those ones grow up and fly. So it's like, I was just like, wow, like it's, it's like almost like you don't even see the negative. And that's really, again, goes back to energy that when you are vibrating at a particular frequency, that then you are not only broadcasting a signal, but you are also a magnet. So we know with the law of attraction that you are then attracting that which is of like energy to you. So really life on earth can be the heaven that we wish and we believe it to be when we can raise our vibration to the point that life brings to us only that which is also a beauty. So the chaos that we see on the news, as you've as you've identified, if everyone was in a state of mind of 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 a better happy place and were in an energy level of 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 more positivity that that would be what the world would be about because it would only be attracting that and so you wouldn't have mass shootings you'd have mass uh, cupcake delivery that all these people would come to schools and have cupcakes and they deliver them and, and and so we wouldn't be getting the news of negativity because it seems to be that people are in negative mindsets and are attracting negative events 
and therefore negative events occur because there's more people in negative mindsets and it's it's basically playing off one another and making it more and more it's like a snowball effect as as it rolls down the hill it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger because nobody is separating themselves from it and saying no I'm not going to look at the negative. I'm not going to deal with the negative. I'm going to look at the positives of things. I'm going to see the bird's nest. I'm going to stop and smell the flowers and experience, be in the moment, be in the now and experience things in the positive way that I can. Even if I do see, you know, a, a bunny rabbit that runs across the road and he bumps his head, I'll say, yeah, but he's still moving. He's still okay. He just bumped his head. He'll be good. Maybe that shook him up so that he won't run so quickly and he'll keep an eye on where he's going. So I'm okay with that, that, that he's now running off across the field and I got to see him happy and running away as opposed to anything negative happening. And that will attract more and more positivity. Like you got to see two birthings in a nest uh, because you were watching it and seeing it for the positive thing that it was, you got to see another one. It's sort of like life going, oh, yeah, you think that was good? Watch this one. <laughs> it's exactly right. Yeah. And now when we count our blessings and we are grateful and appreciative for all the good little things, the universe is like, oh, yeah, you like that? Okay, here's more of that and here's more of that. But vice versa with the negative, right? You have to understand that if you're only focusing on that, you know, where energy goes, energy flows. And so you are actually inviting more of that, that there are some people I'm like, geez, they can't catch a break. <laughs> How come it's like one bad thing after the next? But if you listen to them talk, it's on and on about all the bad things. And oh, no, and woe is me. And why me? And oh, I'm like, well, it's no wonder that you're vibrating at that frequency. And same thing with people in relationships. They're like, I can't meet anyone nice. Well, you need to look at yourself first and think what kind of signal are you broadcasting? Because if you don't like your results, that's where you're at, right? Same thing with law of attraction. People are like, well, you know, why isn't this flowing in? And why isn't that? Well, most likely you're not a vibrational match, for the things that you want to flow into your reality. So you need to look at yourself again. The outside, as I said, is always a mirror to your internal one to say, well, what do I need to do to raise my, my, my vibration so that I can become more in alignment with the truth of who I am? And the truth of who we are is love, up here, peace and happiness. Those are high vibrational, like even feelings. That's up here. And so when we practice more of those things, then we align more with that frequency. And then, and even it's not that you don't see the negative things. It's that they don't affect you in the same way. And that the news now that there was a, there, you know, I hear lots of people say, Oh, I can't watch the news. Oh no, stay away from the news. Does it? And yeah, it doesn't make me feel good when I see a lot of, you know, what's going on, but. The news now has become an opportunity for me to be grateful for my life. That unfortunately, we live in a world of duality that we only can can really see the benefit of even the positive emotions by being in the negative ones. Or we we can't figure out what we do really like and where we need to be and what our purpose is until we experiencing we experience the things that we don't like. To say, well, no, I don't actually like vanilla. I like chocolate more because we have to experience the negative in order for us to, to, to go more in the direction of that which we really are. And so emotions are the same thing. They're a compass to help us 
direct us more to the life that we really came here to live. We came here to be happy. We are happiness. So we cannot be anything other than that. And if you are not feeling happy, again, you need to look and to and say, what kind of changes do I need to make to bring me back into alignment that your emotional self will tell you if you're in alignment with your truth and if you're on path and, and are, are walking towards the life that you really came here to have instead of sitting in your depression, sitting in your house and not going out and all of that. That, as I said, the news is like, wow, thank God my family is home safe. Thank God I didn't have a natural disaster where I live. Thank God, like we like all of these different, the whole thing is like a gratitude for my life. And we don't spend enough time appreciating the life that we have, but rather picking at all of its shortcomings and where we're lacking and saying, I'm not keeping up with the Joneses. (laughs) And we know it doesn't feel good when we're trying to keep up with the external rather than then, you know, really connecting with the internal. And that is like, we will reach a point that something missing that void was that there was a part of myself that I wasn't connecting to. And that I also work in the luxury sphere in that what happens is these, you know, and generally the people that I work with are at that age where they have accomplished a lot of great things in their life. They're living that luxury lifestyle, but then say, well, is this all, again, is this all there is? And what else am I supposed to be doing? Because I too was on that hamster wheel, that satisfaction treadmill that is basically you set a goal, you achieve it, and now you set one even higher. And then you work towards it, you achieve it, and now you set one even higher where it just feels like you're never going to get there. And because it's really not about getting there, but it is more about the journey. And I think you you also identified it in that it's, pleasure that you're getting from it as opposed to happiness because pleasure is transient so you push that button you say i'm going after this you get this you go hey i got this and then you go yeah but what's next and so you have to point the finger a little higher and so this will make me it's almost like an addiction as well you got a hit you got a high you're happy for a or pleasured for a short period of time and then you have to go for a better high you have to a little bit more you have to go a little bit higher to get there again because if you went after the same thing i'm going for a car and you get a car and you're happy i got a car you can't now go for a car anymore it's got to be something more because if you just go for a car you get a car and you go yeah okay i've got two cars now whoopee it's more i have to get a better car i'm going after that eight wheel suv thingy that's what i'm going after because that's the only way you're going to feel the same way you felt when you got the first car because pleasure is cumulative you can't feel the same about the same thing anymore. You've already felt it. So the only way you get that sense of wow is if it goes up a little higher. So. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, that's absolutely right. And so really for those people that are at that point in their life, it's that there's a, there's a part of themselves actually that now requires them to discover that is not outward focused. It's not about setting the goal even higher than before, because that's a never ending cycle that you're just as you said you're caught in that and so if you are someone listening and caught in that this that is actually and that feeling of void and something missing and like what does my life really mean and am I even on purpose all of that it's like oh you've reached a point now where it's actually about going inward 
rather than looking outward for what you're supposed to be doing is actually to discover a part of yourself that you have not yet discovered. And whoa, when you go in there, what treasures you will find when you, when you start to go inward, it's an, an entirely different world. And that when you connect to that, the out world, the outside world changes and that you actually realize that you don't need the big and grandiose things to make you happy that I, you know, during the pandemic, I lived, I, I was like, I'm in my happiness bubble everywhere that I go. I'm just on my boring back porch and I'm feeling very happy in my happiness bubble because it goes wherever I go and is not dependent on external circumstances being a particular way in order for me to be happy. Yeah. It actually has nothing to do with that. And that's like that movie, you know, Life is Beautiful, that, you know, that movie, you know, and even same thing with, um, Oh, Victor Frankl's book, the same thing that, you know, there, you're in a horrible situation, but still being able to say life is beautiful somehow. And that, and that's what I think is what life on earth is really about is that how do we come home to ourselves? How do we find the beautiful life amidst the chaos? I like that. So I have to ask you then, um, what's the best piece of advice you have ever received that help you move towards or achieve the level of happiness that you have now? I would say love yourself. Love and who yourself. did you receive that from? Did you? From, from my internal self. <laughs> internal self. Yeah. Love yourself. And and love yourself because you are a loved, uncon- you yourself on the inside, again, is love unconditionally. And that when you, love is at the core of everything in that even happiness, I'm going to liken it to a prism, that the prism is love. And that when you take light and you shine it and you put it through the prism, it then separates into all these beautiful colors. And that all the beautiful colors represent all the wonderful and beautiful emotions that we feel like happiness, like joy, like harmony, like peace, like all the, you know, all of them. But the core of it is love. And the the core of everything is, is love. We're just not in alignment from that. We're not living from that space within us. We're not living from our truth. We're separated from that. We're separated from each other. And it is really about coming back to that. When you can be love, it changes, it changes everything. And we just, we're just disconnected from that. And that's why we see the horrible things that are happening on earth, because people are very far away from that truth. They are not connected with, with the love that they are, that when you, when you're, when you are love, you can only be love for other people. Mm. And when you love yourself like that and you're connected to that love, only then can you truly accept the love of others. That that's why my my family was loving me, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it because I wasn't loving myself. But then when I connected to that love, then it was like, oh, yeah, you were loving me. I just couldn't see it. And that's why a lot of people feel alone, too, because they're separated from that part of themselves. So the best advice is that really, you know, back even to the happiness is that in order for us to be happy, we need to love ourselves unconditionally because love is the core of everything. Thank you again. And we'll be looking for you 
in the near future. Thanks, Stefan. Thank you. Bye for now. This has been another edition of the Hopeful Radio Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes.